So I think like printmaking is one of the passion, one of my love at first sight. But the thing is about how can you continuing love at first sight is part of that. It has to be, a, you know, economy, business, managing to be success as well. And welcome to the 55th episode of Pine Copper Line, the internet's number one printmaking podcast. I'm your host, Miranda Metcalf. I release weekly podcasts with people in the print world who are doing something a bit beyond the expected. So please subscribe on your podcast listening app of choice. You can also find Pine Copper Line on Instagram and Facebook. And you can sign up for our monthly newsletter with print news from around the world, all at pinecopperlime.com. We also have a Patreon page, where, if you like what we do, and you want to throw us a few dollars each month, it helps keep the lights on and our spirits high. Printmaking forever, shun the non-believers. My guest this week is Kitty Khan Tilakwatanotai. Kitty Kong is the founder and director of the Chiang Mai Art on Paper Studio, located in northern Thailand. I've known Kong for years, and I'm very excited to bring you his story today. He is the hardest working man in the print business, and through his dedication and passion for this medium, he's built a world-renowned studio, an international network of artists, and the reputation for being an incredible printer, friend, host. He and his studio have been mentioned in passing in past episodes of Pine Copper Live over the years, because in one way or another, all roads in the contemporary printmaking scene here in the Eastern Hemisphere lead back to Chiang Mai Art on Paper. In our chat, we talk about the history of printmaking in Thailand, or, as you might be surprised to learn, the lack thereof, and how Kong built his business from his studio apartment, which basically had only space for a bed, a press, and a toilet, to the gorgeous three-story building with four full-time printmaking employees that he has today. We also talk about what printmaking might look like in our post-COVID world. So, without further ado, sit back, relax, and prepare to say sawadika. Kitty Kong Hi Kong, how's it going? I'm being good. I'm really good here. Chiang Mai is pretty good weather now, and then it's rainy season. All green, nice, really beautiful. Well, I'm really excited to have you on the podcast because I was thinking about this before, and you may be the the person that I know the most or for the longest <laughs> of anyone yeah. who yeah. I've had on. Before, yeah, before I get married, before I got the kids as well. Yes, before I got yeah. married. Like, I met you at my very first SGCI in San Francisco, which is years ago now. And we've worked by together. accidentally, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. By accidentally, that we kind of like bumping into each other. We just... Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was so funny because it was the, the buses weren't working and we all kind of got lost and we ended up meeting each other. And then I ended up showing your work at the gallery and showing right. the work of your studio and got to go to your wedding. Right. It's been, yeah, it's been... Right. Since there, we've been like continuing like relationship, you know, and then going back and forth. 
Do totally. we should be chatting? It's been right. it's been so great. And so I'm really excited to ask you some questions that I know parts of the answers to, but I'm excited to also learn more about your story and the story of Cap Studio. Um, but before we kind of dive into all of that, would you introduce yourself and just let people know sure. who you are, where you are, what you do? My name is Kitty Kong Tilokwatanotai, a Chiang Mai artist. Basically, like I'm doing all kind of media, painting, uh, sculpture, ceramic, or, you know, uh, mixed media as well. But my mainly love is printmaking. And then, you know, I'm being a director of uh, Chiang Mai Art on Paper Studio called Cap Studio as well. Everyone call me just short word Kong. Although, as right. as I've said before, you know, I like to call you Kitty Kong, but you said mm -hmm. it maybe feels you a little bit like you're in trouble when you get the full <laughs> yeah, name. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all about like the culture. Everyone yeah. calling like full name. Everyone just get chalked like what? I did something wrong or yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So we'll try and right. just but, call but you. But I get used to now. I guess I get used to now. Yeah, because, yeah, well, I mean, you've got friends all over the world. So um, I'm sure yeah. that a lot of people call you Kitty Kong and a lot of people just call you Kong. But I'll try, keep, yeah. I'll try to call you Kong in this so you'll stay relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, sure. So as you said, you're based in Chiang Mai, which is in the northern part of Thailand. Right, right. It's northern part of Thailand. And in the past history time, like northern part of Thailand is called Lana. They do their own like dialogue speaking here, uh, different kind of food, different uh, character of the people and being more chill on the north part than like, you know, Bangkok, because Bangkok is kind of like a big city. So people just being like, working fast, a lot of competitive there, and then people doing, you know, like a busy. But Chiang Mai is more like relaxed, a lot of like coffee culture here. People like to sit down, have some coffee all day long. And then, you know, people here is more like uh, living beside of like the mountain nature. Yeah, so people here more relaxed, a lot more relaxed. Yeah, then that yeah, any town. It's an incredible city. I've you know, been there a few times to see you and Cap Studio and I just I think anyone right. anyone who hears this should you know, when borders open up when we're traveling again, do like Chiang Mai is an amazing city. Yeah. Chiang Mai is a good good place, there Because of like they got international airport, a lot of tourists coming, a lot of like festival and culture over here as well. Hotel is a lot. They got like really like up to high end hotel, fancy hotel until like, you know, the budget hotel all over Chiang Mai. So you can live inside of the town, which is like a uh, kind of like a not so big town, but it's good fit for like people come, you know, hang out and being like uh, living in Chiang Mai and outside of Chiang Mai, which is like more nature, natural over there. Yeah. Yeah. And then the symbol, the main symbol is about like elephant. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Yeah. There's lots of um, the actual the elephant the, sanctuary. The good yeah. ones, yeah, the ones where they're not like making the elephants do tricks, but you actually just get to go and feed them, and it's it's yeah, incredible. But yeah, so that's where you're based now. But where did you grow up, and what role did art play in the early part of your life? 
I born in Lampang, which is my my hometown over there, about 100 kilometers from Chiang Mai, and never left Lampang until I have to get to study art in in fine art in Faculty of Fine Art, Chiang Mai mm. University. I think that was 1996. Yeah, to to doing undergrad at Chiang Mai University, and that how I I been serious about art. Mm. At that time, yeah. And first, I I get into university. I do a painting major at the first year. I didn't know anything about printmaking at all. Never. Hmm. No one, not many people know about printmaking. Even like you know, you being a kid here, they they don't have any history of printmaking in Thailand. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then like uh, the first year, they they they. They they got one classes that uh, everyone have to try on the different media like painting, printmaking, sculpture, you know, installation, mixed media. They they kind of like giving you to test on the different thing to find your character or find your love, and that's how I I I found my love at first sight, Aww. which is printmaking. <laughs> so I decide to to do the paperwork to change my major from painting to become like printmaker, printmaking at that time. So I get to study printmaking for another four years in the undergrad, in the different media like, uh, you know, woodcut printing, linocut printing, uh, monoprints, etching, lithography, screen, everything. Yeah, and graduate with, with the printmaking project. And so for your family, like, were there any other artists in your family or like what what did your parents do or what did your parents think of you you taking on printmaking that's a long fight <laughs> that's a long fight <laughs> oh, no. with, with all my family yeah I'm, I'm sure like a lot of like artists they have that problem as well in yeah. my time but you know like right now everyone be more open about like art for the for the child but in the past, it's not at all, especially in Thailand. Everyone wants you to be like a doctor, engineering, architecture, accounting, or whatever that you can find a good job. You know, they guarantee that you can make your, your, your own money and then survive. But art is, is something like they never have any ideas about that what they're going to do or what you're going to do with art and the thing. But I'm, I'm, I'm would say like, I, I am a first one in my family who just like, kind of like a black sheep. So I'm going to art. And then I got, I got, I got angry with, from my mom at that time until like, you know, I proved myself. I've been like a long track that I'm walking through and then I proved myself like uh, I can be survived with that. And then now she's more understanding about that, but yeah. still confused. <laughs> yeah, I feel like I remember you telling me once that she just, yeah. it was sort of a long, like a steep learning curve for her to understand that people were actually spending right. hundreds of dollars on sheets of paper. That she was yeah. just like she's like that's that doesn't make sense. Why would someone do that? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, which is kind of because funny. of like she she is just like high school teacher, so mm. she teach she teaching in chemistry class, and then my father, he is a banker, and he early re- retired. Yeah, and now he just doing like farm. Mm. Yeah. 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 So. 
you talked about something just kind of in passing that I've, I'd love to hear you just maybe explain a little bit more because it probably will surprise people to learn that Thailand doesn't have a printmaking history, that it's almost entirely 20th century. Yeah. is The 20th century yeah. is when printmaking came, which is really unusual because a lot of places do have some kind of printmaking, but not Thailand. Right. And I think like if we're going to talk about like Thailand history in the past, they do some kind of like a, a Buddha script, which is similar. So they're using kind of like a dry leaf and then they're using like needle to draw it onto the dry leaf and inking and leave it dry on the on the leaf as a book, you know, like a record, like kind of, kind of like recording into the the leaf and the leaf that's make make from like it make it like a book and that that that's something that's similar with etcher etching but they don't print it out they keep it as a book like that yeah but the technology of like printmaking it doesn't been developed from there until i think about 70 years 80 years ago they kind of like got introduced by commercial prints, like they brought the machine here, bought the stone, and then start to doing like poster by lithography. And that's how just some group of people who are doing commercial prints understand. But it doesn't, doesn't get into like fine art technique or anything at all at that time. So they use it for commercial. Wow, that's really interesting that, yeah, that it, not only did it take that long to kind of arrive in right. Thailand, but that it actually came through commercially, which does make sense. Yeah, basically, like, uh, Thailand got into do printmaking by commercial stuff instead of, like, fine art creative. And then uh, Silapakorn University get some, uh, now they become... Or, or they become like professor in Silapakon University. In the past, they've been a student who graduated from Silapakon University. And then they, they, they kind of like funding them to be like study printmaking in Italy. And then like some Poland, some German, and then brought them back and then start a printmaking class in Silapakon University. And that's how like printmaking it gets started. Then after a second generation of the, the student graduate from, from printmaking in Silapakon University, they spread them teaching in like Northern part, South, East, West uh, University. So Kailai Chiang Mai University is a second generation of like printmaker over there. And then start the, the, the printmaking uh, uh, department over there. So then they're kind of like getting more and more. So it's really just within like the last couple generations that fine art printmaking really started to take off in Thailand so that you were able to be exposed to it at university. Exactly, exactly. And then like from there, it making everyone in Thailand still don't understand printmaking and don't know unless you had been studying. So you appreciate, you understand the whole technique, you know that printmaking is some kind of like art form. But normal people, collectors, and everyone who has seen uh, the printmaking, they don't understand. They thought it's a commercial. Right. Uh, everyone focused in painting still. And so, yeah, so you got 
to come along at the right time to get to experience it at university. And like you said, it was the kind of love at first sight. When I was a student, I really fell in love with like printmaking a lot. And I've been talking with all my friends like, after the school, how can I continue printmaking? Because of like, the press is expensive. And before you're going to buy a press, you need a permanent space. That, yeah. Because the press is like a ton, two ton <laughs> that you cannot moving around. So it's kind of like a big invest to starting up studio. And then how could I do it? I'm just a kid. I'm just like a boy who just, you know, nearly graduate from, mm. from the school. And continuing printmaking in that time, it was like everyone had to be a lecturer to be use it, be able to use it, the facility at the school to mm-hmm. still continuing their own practice. Yeah. Yeah. But once you're out and then you cannot be a lecturer, so you don't have any equipment to, to work on your own. And that's a really hard thing in that time. And then I decide to continuing my study so i moved to sydney to to study a uh, master in printmaking over there with michael yeah. kimson yeah why yeah. sydney how did you find unsw out of all the places you could go in the world uh to be honest before didn't know anything at all mm. it just like you know choose like australia is is kind of popular for thai people at that time mm. mm-hmm. so uh, first, I going didn't expect to, to, to study in master, but I just been expect to study English only. Oh, the first okay. time I've been arrived in Sydney, I couldn't speak English at all. Oh my god! Just zero. <laughs> kind of like, you know, it's sort of like someone leave you in the bush and then yeah. you have to find your own way. <laughs> and then that's a really hard, really hard, like, you know, I'm being, I'm being get stressed for like three months long mm-hmm. I was straight yeah because of I couldn't communicate with anyone and then one in my mind I I I I, I got some friend over there but you know people in Australia they kind of like everyone have to work all the time and then they have to earn your living mm-hmm. over there and they're living over there and no one have much time like in Thailand you can hang out with so yeah. basically, much, you're on your own. Not yeah. as much coffee culture, yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then that's how I become like more stronger over there. How to survive? Uh, you know, you're you're out with your family treat over here. You have to f- fix any problem yourself and thing. And uh, once I I I decide like, okay, I I want to do like master over here. I I really love Australia a lot at, at that time as well, either now. Yeah, I really love Australia. And I think like, okay, I'm, I want to do a master degree over there. So I do research on uh, the school. And I found like UNSW College of Fine Art Kofa at that time. And I think like, okay, this is this is the, 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 the best option that I could. But study there is really difficult for the, some people who cannot speak English at all. So I spent two years to get into the university with the English course. And uh, before I get into the master, the, the, the thing is about like my, my mark, my, my point is not even rich to get to study. And uh, one of the 
teacher who who teach me and then have a permission to to put me in. He asked me to see him in the in the t- teaching room and asking like you are the one that kind of like a, got low mark. You you can you like changing your direction hmm. to something else? I said like I can't. Otherwise, if I cannot get into master, I have to fly back to Thailand. And he been checking up. In the course for me, and then he come back with like, okay, I do believe in you. Like you can, you can continue and study here, and then you you can be able to to work it out. And then he changing my mark and let me in. Oh wow! And that's <laughs> you know, I'm kind of like he break the rule to yeah. get me in, give me a chance for that. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't let him down. Once I get in, I work hard. I'm study hard um you know i'm do everything to be giving him proud with, with me yeah and everything i like a you know destiny to push me in yeah you know because i know like how hard you work and i know how hard you work to build cap studio i feel like it i had no idea it came down to just like that one moment of someone just being like all right we're going to give you a shot. And then they'd be like, this whole time, right. you've just been like, I'm going to prove them right. Like, I'm going to prove it wasn't. Yeah. yeah. And that's <laughs> like, you know, you're promising someone and then you have to make it true. Yeah. It's, it's part of like, oh, kind of like a printmaker and master printer as well. Mm-hmm. So it's not just let the work go, you know, not just like you cannot finish it. You cannot do it. You just throw it away. No, you can't. You have to push yourself into like the end of it yeah you have to make it work yeah, yeah. oh yeah. that's so interesting right. wow and then that i how i found michael kimson as a mentor mm-hmm. and he teach me a lot of things he he took me to be like uh, his assistant helping like uh, regiment massa to print that's the first print that inspired me mm. a lot to bring it back that idea to start up the studio in thailand Right, yeah. So you were working at Sakata Press, um, right? And you know they do publishing there. And was that the first yeah. time you'd seen this model where you know an artist can come in and work with a master printer and they'll make the prints? Had you ever That's seen right. that before? Oh, okay, yeah. Right, in, they they don't exist in Thailand before mm-hmm. that kind of like model, and maybe they 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 have, they had, but um. It's kind of like it doesn't work, and then they can close it down. I have heard like a lot of big name artists in Thailand that they're kind of like trying to start up uh, custom prints in Thailand, but it doesn't work well at the time. Yeah, so everyone just giving up and then turn themselves to be like a full time artist, and everyone become like famous now. <laughs> so, so. To your knowledge, then, when you got your master's degree and you went back to Thailand and you decided you were going to start your own studio, there was none like it in the country at that time, as far as you know? Right. Oh, right. that's amazing. At, at, first, at first, I'm starting it and everyone just been seem like, uh, you know, get confusing with what I'm doing because of uh, what is going to be work and, you know, how it's going to be work, how it's going to be like working together with the other because of in terms of like artists in the past everyone have have to do their own work in thailand yes it is you have to do your own work but finishing on the plate but the master printer help helping you to do the edition 
publishing it. So I try to explain that. So many artists just some feel that they do believe and then they kind of like understand. So I, I got a chance to be able to start with with big name artist. Uh, his name Kamin Lechai Prasad. He giving me a chance because of before I get to see him and ask him to be printing, do collaboration print with me. He kind of like uh, I reading his like CV. Yeah, and I was gonna say Kamin was your first, was the first artist, person you worked yeah. with. That's like right. stressful going straight to the top there. Right. <laughs> right. But 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 on the other hand, it is like I'm being researched in the different CV of artists at that time. And Kamin got one lie on his CV saying he used to be master printer in America before. It's just like, okay, this artist, I don't need to explain too many things to him to understand. I just you know, going to see him and ask him, like, I have a, some small studio in my small apartment. That's how I start with. And, like, um, I want to be, you know, a printmaker. I want to do my own work and I want to print for for the artist as well. Would you be able to be doing some collaboration with me? How that I, I can get start and get the people in, in Thailand to know about this. And he just, like, going up straight, he gave me the sketch and then, try me into like, you know, enlarge it into the big size of like woodcut printing. And I take that job. I, I, I cannot wait. You know, when the chance is come, you have to be fast. I took like two night long to, to, to print it out and then bring it to show him. And he just like surprising. So that's how we start. We start like 25, 24 prints, 24 edition and then 25 prints out of the edition for six and a half months long. And then the whole set, is it gets sold to the museum in Japan before everything has done. So they already like book it. That's, it. That's such an incredible way to start. Because at that point, like you said, you just were working from your like studio apartment with your press like in the middle of yeah. the floor i'm eating sleeping and working in that some small studio there kind of like you know it's on my dream about like once i study in sydney in the past and 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 i feel like once i graduate i want some place that i can be able to you know work anytime i want to so it's supposed to be like a small space or small house that i have a press there so I can sleep and whatever, whenever I, I got an idea, I can go straight to the studio. And then that's how I get started. So I borrowed the money from my aunt and then buying a press and return her later on. And so then, yeah, you got this first incredible project with Kameen and then yeah. uh, got sold. Yeah. So your first edition is in a gallery in Japan. That's not bad. You know, not a bad start. Yeah. Or is in a museum right, right. in Japan. Yeah, not, not, not too shabby. And so... Then I'm, after that, was it a bit easier to find artists to work with? Did like word kind of get out or did people understand? A Not at bit all. More? No? Not at all. <laughs> if you want to go start, you go like, you know, loud, you go shout. Yeah. And then people can listening. And then it just coincidentally that I, I, I've been able to work with, with Kamin, you know, because of Kamin is already like a big name, uh, big established at that time and then that first 
uh, project had been showing in Bangkok University Art Space in Bangkok, and everyone just start to ask like, where did you doing this? And then you know, the whole system is become a word of mouth. People talking, and then I got contact from a different artist. Since then. Okay. Yeah. How long were you in the apartment before you were able had enough to put a down payment on an actual building? Yeah, three years. Okay, that's or or like three years in there. But but the, can you imagine apartment about like four by five meters? Yeah. Size, <laughs> and then including toilet, and then the press is over there and table in, inking up on the other side. So it just got a walkway, a small walkway about one by two meters that I can walk around the studio, and then I leave. <laughs> Sleep, eat, work in that small room there for three years. Yeah, I know it sounds pretty crazy and pretty bad for like healthy, but you know <laughs> when you got no choice, you you have to ask yourself like passion is the most important at that age and that time. Way that you were just able to completely immerse yourself in it and work so hard. I mean, I think that's. Has to be why it only took three years for you to get to the point where you could actually buy the studio that you own now because it's that's beautiful. You know, I mean, it's it's three stories and it's right in a beautiful arts district, and you've got yeah. space there for artists to stay when you do, were doing residencies, and it's incredible. Yeah. Yeah, but but the thing is about at the earlier at the beginning of like uh, moving to the building, it's not that easy at all because of I would say like my bank account got only uh, I would say a hundred dollars in my saving, and mm. then at that time I'm I'm being uh, a guest lecturer at the university to earn the salary just a hundred dollar per month, mm. and this building it cost you like. Uh, how much? How much it in dollars? About like how uh, much is it? In, how much was it in bot? It's like three million six hundred thousand. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a hundred and fifteen thousand. Yeah. Yeah, for my age, it's about like twenty seven, twenty eight years old, and I have to decide to buy this building or not, and that's so crazy. And then you know, eh, uh, uh, I'm working out for like three months long with my 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 best friends who want to get involved with this project as well. Yeah, his name like Pongpat Wilachkun. Uh, and he kind of like, um, you know, he grew up with me, but he is engineering. He doesn't have the money as well. We are so young. We're still like starting up in our career. And then, you know, I talk about this project with him. And then he's like, oh, I'm in. I'm like, do you have money? No. <laughs> <laughs> And that is just like crazy young guy yeah. thinking. Yeah. And it's like, oh, no, no, it's okay. We're going to work it out. Yeah, it'll and, be fine. You know, <laughs> we, we're spending like three three months long to find out the money until like we got loaned the money from the bank, from my, my, my uncle helping me with that. So basically, like my uncle loaned the bank for me and, and I have to pay him back the money. So sort of like he guarantee that money by his name. Yeah. So I'm I'm kind of like lucky. I got I got the people who kind of like you know giving me a shot to to move on. What what about my dream? 
what my dream is about. And then, um, but the thing is about, I have to pay him back a thousand dollar per month for 15 years, but I still earn like a hundred dollars a month. And that's so crazy. That's the first payment I have to pay him. I not even like having any, any money to pay him. Yeah. So that's kind of like a drama. It's kind of like a drama. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So what did, what did you do? Did you just like start to dedicate yourself to working in the studio as much as you could to try and make the payments or how did you go from only making like a hundred dollars a month to getting to the point where you could make the payments? I desperate at that time and then I have to, to think what I have on my hand. So basically I got, I got uh, two set of coming that I, the first artist I printing mm-hmm. with on my hand for my collection. I got two set, which is mean like I can cut off one set to sell and who going to buy it. So I contact like uh, some collector that been supporting me since there. And, he, I got only one person that I know, like being collector, and I asked him, like, uh, you know, I, I would like to sell the first set, that the this set of Carmen, for you mm. in a good price. Yeah. Before that, I asked permission for Carmen to be, allow me to sell it in the uh, a little lower price on yeah, the market. Yeah. But he said, like, uh, you know, you 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 can do it because of like, it's the right for you to do it. Yeah. So, I'm just like asking him permission and then he allowed me so i contact the collector and then the collector just bought it so i got one year straight paying back to the bank so extend my my desperate for another year <laughs> thing of it's kind of like buying time you know so yeah. you have to like being long shot everything like you're thinking so I think like printmaking is one of the passion, one of my love at first sight. But the thing is about how can you continuing love at first sight is part of that. It has to be, a, you know, economy, business, managing to be success as well. So that's how I kind of like interested in like managing and economy and, you know, business part of, of this. And then um, I... Along that year, along the year that I have to think of the way to survive in the next year, I come up with a new idea about a sponsorship. Yeah, which is like I asking a collector or people who are interested in printmaking to be supporting me, like uh, a contract by year long. And then they pay me like a, a monthly, like a, you know, kind of like I'm being a labeling. They pay me a 15,000 baht per month for like 12 months contract from January to December. So I got one interested. So I got like $5,000 on my hand to pay off the house. Then the second one interested, the third one interested, and then become like, I have to be limited 10 at, at the year to get that income funding to be able to like move on. And then I use that money to buying equipment to pay for the the staff member team and then supporting them to create their own work as well and then invite the artist come without paying anything artist doesn't need to pay for like production or anything so the artist have 
have to be able to work in the studio with us to be providing our equipment for him, for them, for for her, and then you know, working on the plate with uh, our expertise, uh, technique, technicians to help them create. Yeah, because um, yeah, because it's not just you at Cap mm. Studio. You have is it four full time employees or five? I can always yeah yeah uh, four 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 yeah four, four of them. I, say, I think I got confused with five because I saw Dai sweeping the floor including the other me. Day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> including me. Dai Dai is still new member. Yeah, <laughs> not be full time yet. Not yet. Not Dai yet. is my child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. maybe by the time he's three, you can get him full time. But yeah. So you've got the the four full time members. Then you were saying they they were your students at the university, and now they just they work with the artists and they produce the additions and they help keep the studio clean and do all of that. Yeah. So I supporting them like accommodation, uh, monthly salary. And, you know, all equipment that they can use it in the studio, uh, electricity, water supply, everything I pay for them. And then once they're creating their own work, they can they can be able to exhibit or sell it and then get the full money out of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's such an incredible situation for them as young artists, it seems like, because, right. Right. yeah, not only do they have 24 hour access to a great etching studio, but right, right. they've got your support and they've got the experience of working with artists from all over Thailand and all over the world. And it just must be so rich for them to yeah. have that exposure and to be able to work on their own practice alongside yeah. working with these artists. Right. And become like a good friend with all artists over the world. And then once they kind of like, flying to Japan, they got some artists there waiting for, for them to be like, you know, guide them, take care of them, and been staying with some artists over there as well. So, like, Amarin had been, like, to Australia, have been working with Michael Kempson for a month, went to Japan to to develop his own uh, creative to, like, ceramic with one of the Japanese artists who've been working, printing with us. You know, like, a uh, uh, we went to Singapore and visiting Singapore Tyler and then people were just like, oh, you're from Chiang Mai. Do you know Cap Studio? Mm. Everyone just been like so proud with that. Like we are, yeah, we are from Cap Studio yeah. and then it's been exciting. And then we got some friends from like Singapore Tyler to came visit after. It's amazing because it's, you're building that international network. But then I feel like you've also put a lot of effort into building printmaking in Chiang Mai, which I think has really spread out over the last few years, to be printmaking in Thailand is now so exciting. Um, the incredible work that comes out of Thailand, like technically, conceptually, it's really, really exciting time for printmaking. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Yeah. And also like Chiang Mai is a good place because of like, you know, it's perfect place. People came, they don't need to work in the studio for full time a day. So they might be like, for the whole process, it could take like a week to finishing the plate and the printing or, you know, it depends on the deal. But the artist came to Chiang Mai working on the plate. They might take like a week or a few days and then they can like traveling, sightseeing. Chiang Mai, they got a lot of places for 
for people can be you know can be enjoy. I think that yeah, Thailand is not a place that you have to usually push too hard to get people to want to travel to in general. Yeah. Also, like I try to take balance of like people come for work and for like experiences as well. If they just come for work at the studio, I would I would feel like. No, you guys have have to be like out to sightseeing, learn some culture, see the temple, meet up the people. Sometimes I took them to see another artist as well to make a connection worldwide. And then once they come back, Chiang Mai become their own home as well, their own you know hometown as well that people can come a second hometown. Uh, they feel like you know relax and come back to see their family here. It's a part of like community, you know. Yeah, it's exactly what what happened to me. Because of Thai Thai people is kind of like friendly. Yeah. They're kind of like you know, sometimes they've been shy as well. But you know, once you're breaking out their eyes, they you know you just get close to them straight. Yeah. How long has Cap Studio in its current iteration? How long has that been? So from from when you bought the building, I think like. To now. Uh, if you count at the first that I start in the apartment, I already call like showing my art on paper, even yeah. like just about four by five meters. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the name have to be put it straight because of like, you know, oh, you you wouldn't know like the name could take it from somebody else in the in, in the in, in the next time. So I have to make a name first. And then I moved to this building in Nimanhemin. Uh, district, uh, if including everything, is from 2003, 17, 18 years yeah. already, right? Yeah, you're going right. to have to start thinking about a big 20-year celebration. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and hopefully, like, you know, the next plan would like to be expanding yes. and getting bigger because of this, a lot of things being collected in the studio is too many already now. Yeah. Three floors are kind of like full up. Yep. Full up. <laughs> yeah. So it happens at Print Studios. Yeah, yeah. There's another room. Yeah. So um, so we've talked about how you, you know, fell in love with printmaking and you've started the shop and it, you know, supports these four artists and you work with all these people and you've got a family and you're an artist yourself still. And, you know, you just had a exhibition in France that yes. every piece sold. So congrats again yeah. on that. And Thank you. Thank you so much. So you're, uh, do you have more than 24 hours in a day? Or how do you, how do you do it? How do you <laughs> that balance? That's like a secret. Yeah, that's yeah. like secret because of like, um, I would say uh, my mentor is the same thing. He kind of like sleepless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, I, I know him pretty well because um, we've been working together. We've been like traveling together so many times uh, with Michael Kimson. And he's kind of like a, a workaholic. And that is transfer. It can be transfer. I could say I, I got sleepless, like average of like three or four hours a day for almost like 20 years. It's, it's not just try not to be not it's not about like try not to sleep but it couldn't sleep because the brain is working all the time yeah that's the thing yeah and then but now i sleep 
more. That's good. <laughs> more than before, for yeah. sure. Yeah, but in the past, like when it gets started and everything, it's kind of like sleepless, working in the day for another artist, and then in the night working for my own work. So a lot of people I haven't seen I'm working at all because I'm work alone in the studio or either like painting in the studio. Yeah. So only all my team that sometimes they, they they help me work and then you know they they can see me working. Right. Yeah, I think I remember hearing you say that once that it's you know part of it is to inspire your team because it's like if they see you working really yeah. hard and working all the time it's like it's like okay like it's just like you with your mentor Michael you saw yeah. it and you're like all right I guess this is how we do it and right yeah and so you're like okay we'll just all be working all the time yeah but the thing is about like passion is the most important you know everyone don't have don't have equal what they call like equal passion like a level of passion in different way yeah so sometimes they kind of like have been passion but they, they're more like concerning their living more or you know lifestyle more so it depends so that's why i call michael kimson as my mentor because of like this is what i like to be and i found him he found me and then we kind of like match and then you know or he's his footstep that he walking along. So I would love to like you learn from him to be able to, you know, achieve something that I, I, I want, but it might be different achievement with him. Yeah. 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 But same road, same path, same path. Yeah. I've just like being yeah. so, so driven by this right. medium and by the, kind of the lifestyle of the master printer of getting to work with these artists from around the world of building that community um and of also doing your own art as well yeah and i'm just like enjoying because of you know when you love something you don't feel like you're working yeah you just enjoy it you like traveling you're just traveling people mm -hmm. say like you don't you be tired to traveling all over the world Said so like no, it's my passion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it though. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Speaking of travel and and you know working with all these different artists, how's the COVID nineteen lockdown been for you and for Cap Studios? Uh, actually, I would say like they affect me less, not not so much because of um Cap Studio. Uh, it been uh planning system to be like working year by year so everything has been already planned before thailand got covid spreading in thailand and then it been locked down so this everything is still like running as the same but it's effect a little bit about like we slower down because of uh or the team cannot work at the same time so it's kind of like a social distance distancing right yeah so like one person work in front, one person work in backside, and then everyone wear the mask, and then we got a holiday longer. Like normally, we we close on Monday, but uh, once early spreading out COVID nineteen, we 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 kind of like close it about two weeks. Right. Yeah, and then get start over again. Yeah, because because Thailand's actually done really well. In, yeah, in terms yeah. of cases and, 
you know, I know that part of that is that Thailand has a really fantastic just healthcare system. Um, but right. al- also, you know, there's no there's no handshaking. You're not like these Australians who want to give everyone like a oh, hug right. and a the kiss, culture, you the know? Thing. Yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Right. So and also like contact, a- but yeah. A lot being coincidentally in Thailand as well. Like you know, we we got the problem with PM two point five just before COVID, and everyone wearing masks at that right. time. Right. Yeah. And then suddenly, like COVID come, so maybe like COVID would be die with the PM two point five. I don't know. Mm, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's yeah. So behavior of Thai people is kind of like you, you know uh, the being not fit into the condition of like COVID-19 could be spread because of like Thai people wearing masks to protect themselves from like 2, 2 PM 2.5 at, at that at that early happen and and also like we don't shake hand we don't hug we got like a distance of, of privacy distance distancing so cool it, it, it everything is kind of like perfect condition over here that and people like to stay home no not well public transport which is like people driving a car yeah so they don't yeah that's be true in like too many public outside yeah that's true yeah you're either yeah on your own motorbike with your helmet on or you're in your own car and that's 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 helped a lot and then you know it's right now it's kind of like turn it kind of like back into normal but i do believe like everything has been like shrinking down or the business or the community has been thinking and focusing on the small group of, of you know, like local thing. Because, of, you know, tourists cannot fly into Thailand. We cannot fly out yet. The whole world going to be like focused on their own local. And that's good. So it's making like nationalities more stronger, being realizing what we have, what we, we have done, you know, like we have our own culture which is strong the agriculture really good you know everything gonna be like in in their own country i think like every every country yeah 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 i think it's it's given us a chance to stop and really think about the momentum that we had you know we were just doing everything it is the way right. it is because that's the way it's always been, you know, like, like, and all of a sudden we're forced to freeze. And we need to think about like, what, what do we really care about? How do we really want to right. adjust? Got things? back to your family, got back to your hometown, got back to your own country and got back to yourself. Because sometimes you, you, you forget, like you realize it when everything got cut off, you cut off from like, you know, traveling, you cut off from like, uh, you know, being social, mm-hmm. you cut off from like, you know, if you can't cut off your mobile phone, you would be, you would be back into yourself. Yeah, for you sure. have to be, you have to be. But the thing would be, it would be changed. I'm sure like the, the thing would be changed. Online would come to take over. Yeah. And then the whole thing, we, we, I, I would say in terms of like printmaking, we have to think if we want to keep printmaking alive. We have to think like how we adapt ourselves into the new world, new normal. You know, like everything has become online now. And how can we going to get printmaking? Printmaking is sort of like physical touching feeling. It's not about like screen touching and thing. And 
how can we take balance of those two into the new world? Because we cannot stop online. Online gonna become, it gonna it gonna become online anyway. You know everything. This is how can how can we survive? We have to help each other. Think about that. Because as you said, it's not online is not going anywhere. It's only gonna be more so. And I'm right. hoping that you know buying art online starts to become a new normal for people. Yeah. Um, and I've never, you know, I would never want to see the gallery or the printing studio like that experience disappear. I think that seeing art in person is tremendously important and so much more important than people give it credit for. But yeah. I also wouldn't mind if people just were more hopeful of being like, hey, there's this great print studio in Thailand and I've never been to Thailand, but I'll buy one of their prints and just yeah. on good faith. You know, and just like know yeah. that I like the image, I'll probably like it more in person. Like that's the thing about art is that particularly more graphic art, like what printmaking tends to be, is that if you right. like it on your screen, tiny and backlit, you're probably going to yeah. love it even more in person. And Definitely. it's very rarely it goes the other direction. So I hope people yeah. just have a little more um, faith in buying things online and, and choose to do it more. Oh, it's been it, it it been like memorizing, you know, all printmaking is all like a kind of like a record something when you saw it, when you, you know, I I I want to be convincing people to think about like, you know, once you saw some art piece, I I didn't I didn't want to just say a printmaking any art piece. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, when when the people has seen any art piece, whatever printmaking, painting, sculpture, ceramic or whatever, and then you feel, you feel like a love at first sight. You love it so much. Don't leave it. Don't leave it, you know. Yeah. You're going to be like, you don't, you don't feel regret if you want to earn it, want to take it home, and then you, you see it every day. It seems like, you know, once you found, don't leave it away. Yeah. Oh, I right. think that's, that's really beautiful. Um, right. Well, before we sign off for the evening... Um, yep. Could you let people know what's kind of on the future for CAP that, and for you that maybe they can keep an eye out for and then where people can find you online on our screens to follow and, and see that? I would not promise for, you know, for CAP Studio that can be able you know, exist in the future but I would promise I would do the best to keep Cap Studio alive as long as I could, and then my my feel like I want Cap to be a legend of Chiang Mai. I wanna I want Cap to be a center of printmaking in in Thailand and also like Chiang Mai. I would I would love Chiang Mai to be a center of printmaking in Thailand because of this town is really perfect for printmaker you know because of you know traveling is so easy the community is strong and then natural is inspiring and i try to like you know convincing a lot of printmaker young printmaker to start up their own studio and now uh, if i if i count not wrong it's already started like 18th studio 
print printmaking studio in Chiang Mai that hiding in a different, even like private one or you know, uh, custom print one. Yeah, because I was gonna say I feel like like that that's your dream, and I feel like. You're already well on the way there. Like <laughs> Chiang Mai is such a print <laughs> town, you. and it's so right. inspiring to see um, what you've done to help build that, and the really the the energy there around printmaking is amazing. And I, I hope that as soon as we can travel again, anyone who hears this will will mark Chiang Mai down and Cap Studio down as a place that they they need to come visit because it it'll change your life to see that kind of energy and joy around printmaking that you've built in Chiang Mai. And uh, if anyone who want to be follow Cap Studio, please uh, on the Facebook we got c.a.p.studio, Cap Studio, and uh, Instagram. And I'll put a link in the show notes to uh, Instagram and the website and. Uh, Facebook and then to your Instagram so people can see your own work. Yeah. Yeah. Please be in like supporting printmaking, whatever. It doesn't need to be cap, but you know, keep printmaking alive is really rare. It's getting you know difficult and difficult, more difficult for for all printmaking. But the thing is, we want to to make it more better. You know, it's uh, I think like if anyone who Could be able to supporting printmaking. Please do because this is should 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 be exist in the world and then keep on going, keep developing, and then you know the world would be like more better than COVID 19 mm, Yeah, right. <laughs> thank you, thank thank you, Miranda K. McCall and Pai Kopparam for this interview as well. I'm really like you know appreciate that what you. You, you're doing this pie copy lamb is a good one that that being like a really good really good one to be honest for printmaking and then I think like this is the the, the other direction to be educating or acknowledging and for people interested in printmaking and find appreciation in printmaking from from your talk uh, <laughs> <laughs> Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really excited to continue to work together and to share your story and to let people know more about Cap. And um, yeah, I'm sure we'll talk really soon again. Sure, sure, definitely. I will see you soon, actually. I know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll talk soon, and we'll get to see each other again soon, and, and get to right. see your family too. It'll be really good. So. Right. Cool. Oh, thank you, thank, thank you, Miranda. You. Okay. Thanks so much. Now we can talk something else. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's our show for this week. Join me again next week when my guest will be Justin Sands. Justin is the workshop manager at the Robert Blackburn Printmaking Workshop in Manhattan. We'll talk about the history of the workshop, the life and times of Robert Blackburn, and his contributions to contemporary printmaking. We also get into how the workshop is taking on community printmaking in the time of COVID. You won't want to miss it. This episode, like all episodes, was written and produced by me, Miranda Metcalf, with editing help from Timothy Pauschak and music by Joshua Weber. I'll see you next week.